You're listening to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast, powered by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce and regional leader in higher education, Mount Wachusett Community College. Why should your business be a member of the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce? It's actually quite simple. The Chamber is dedicated to protecting and promoting the local business community. Our primary goals? to advance the region, help business owners network and grow, and to advocate on behalf of the business community. Joining the Chamber makes good business sense. We invite you to join the nationally recognized North Central Massachusetts Chamber today. Call 978-353-7600 or visit northcentralmass.com. Hello and welcome to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Travis Condon and my colleague Kat Deal here from the North Central Massachusetts Chamber. We're continuing our On the Road series uh, today we went down Route 2 and then back in the other direction to get on Route 2 westbound. We're in Lancaster today, right between exits 103 and 102, where you'll find the Johnny Appleseed Visitor Center. We're actually right in the middle, right in the thick of all the action. Kat, how are you? I am good, and it is nice to be here. And we are with Diane Burnett. Good afternoon, Diane. Well, hello, guys. How are you? We're good. So glad to be here. Yeah, and we are in the middle of the Johnny Appleseed Visitor Center in the Middle Island, right in the middle of it all, talking with Diane. Diane, thanks for letting us come by and bug you today. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. So, Diane, tell us a little bit about the operation of the Visitor Center because you're the manager here, and this is operated by Visit North Central Mass, the tourism arm of the chamber. How does that all work? The Johnny Appleseed Visitor Center is uh, that way station along Route 2. It's where people stop to take a break, to stretch. Uh, it's a place where they, they come to get a quick drink, grab a snack, uh, grab information, see what's going on in the region. So it's one of those important little places. Uh, it's a, one of the places that are only a few left in the state. And we work very hard to keep ours open and keep it here for the traveling public to come through. Now, before this was a visitor center, this used to be a, a, a restaurant, like a fast food restaurant. Was it like an A&W or something like that? Howard Johnson's. Yeah, Howard Joe. Johnson's. Okay. It was a Howard Johnson's back in the day. Uh, it it closed up, burnt down, and they rebuilt it from scratch here. Mm -hmm. So it had the piece of property, but that's all that was left of the original property itself. So the state built this visitor center. How did it come to be that the chamber or Visit North Central Massachusetts ended up being the ones that operate and, and kind of do the day-to-day -day running of this place? Uh, when they started making all of them, there's 16 of them. Mm -hmm. When they started making them, they went to each respective area. And I believe they like partitioned for it. We had a state rep that was very big in the region. She thought it would be a good thing for our region. So she was the catalyst that pushed most of, you know, the paperwork and so forth. But all the local legislative folks, they, they were real big on the idea that we should have something representing North Central Mass. Now you're a Fitchburg native. For you to work out here at the Visitor Center and be that first representative for a lot of folks coming to North Central Massachusetts from the first time, maybe from Boston or even just a little bit further east of here or internationally. What's it like for you to kind of be that first line of, uh, of, of representation? Uh, we take great pride in making sure we welcome all these people who come and visit. Uh, once they come, they're here. I've got them. I've caught <laughs> them, I guess you could say. Uh, we hear it at least a couple times every day of the week that I never knew this was here. I didn't know. I've passed this a thousand times. So once we get them, they're going to keep coming back. But we get people from all over the world. We have a book that you can sign and tell us where you're from. 
uh, we get them, you know, from China and Germany and Australia, and they love to chat. They love to tell us about, you know, where they're from and so forth. So for us, it's very important to show them hospitality, that this is the part of the country you're in, uh, give them ideas of where else they can go and visit while they're here. Diane, you've been at the Visitor Center for how long? I've been here for 15 years. 15 years you've yes. been taking care of our visitors entering the region. Yes. And you years. do a really great job of representing the region in the inside the visitor center because I've traveled a lot in the United States and been to a lot of visitor centers and a lot of them are just information. They're yes. not an actual come and see, get a little, a sample of it. But this is definitely a sample of North Central and you do a really great job of that. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about the products that you sell and how you make those partnerships work with our local, you know, we have farmers and alpaca farmers and all kinds of folks that you work with. Okay. For us, we're one of a kind. We're, we're unique. You talked about going all over the country, looking at visitor centers there's not another one like us. There truly is not. A lot of people say that, that I've traveled the country and there's not another one like this. It has charm. It has information. It has history. It has local products. Uh, it has lots of different aspects of what is represented in this area. Um, we like to buy from local vendors. So we have the local jams, jelly, honey, maple, fudge, uh, all the bits and pieces that people like. In the fall time, we hand out an apple to every person that walks through the door. Uh, they love this, and it's something that they want to do. And I have a few that come every day. Every day, they come to get their apple. <laughs> so it's one of those things we get our apples from local orchards. So it's all the circle. But think of it as the circle of life. We buy from them. They go patronize them. They come back. I buy more. You know, so it's one of those type of things that we're helping small businesses, but we're representing the region at the same time. So having their products here is almost like an advertising tool to then get the visitors out here to go to those actual establishments. Yes. Yes. Because usually uh, there's a pamphlet near their merchandise to sh say this is where it comes from. This is where you can go. Uh, somebody wants a pair of socks. They want a purple pair of Alpaca Al Al socks. So, you know, we'll just tell them to go and um, we'll give them the pamphlet and they can go to the farm itself to get their purple pair of Alpaca socks. You know, that's awesome that there's a, a real connection between what you sell and the folks that are really, really in this region. And then people can make that a visit destination and go yes. somewhere that they want to. And you have all that info. But I love the fact that you have people that come every day for your an apple or come by every day to say hi to you because this is not just for out-of-town folks. This is also for folks that live in this region to be able to shop one place and get so many different products. They, they know that it's here. Uh, you can usually tell when it's school season for um, them doing postcards. All of a sudden, every mother in town shows up here looking for postcards for their kids' school projects. So we sell postcards. It's a dying art, but we sell lots and lots of them. So people really enjoy that they can find them here. Uh, you know, if they're looking for, we get a lot of flat Stanleys. Yeah. We get a lot of flat Stanleys coming and visit, and I'll tell them, put them here, put them there, move over there, you know, and that way they're getting some cute shots that he's in Johnny's lap or, <laughs> or he's up in a tree or, you know, he's in with the maple or, you know, so it, it's one of those things that people come here for lots of different reasons, but we try to be for everybody. We, we try to be inclusive and we've got something for everybody. 
Well, you know, you saying that you have something for everybody. Um, I really want to make sure that we talk about all the amazing upgrades and changes that have happened in the last year here at the visitor center. Um, one of the things that got put in was a dog park. Yes. An area for dogs. So, I mean, I wanted that for years, oh. years and years. I wanted that. That's awesome. <laughs> Diane, can you talk a little bit about some of the other stuff that they've done and the improvements sure. you've made? Uh, we have brand new handicap accessible doors, so it's easy to get in and out. Uh, we have brand new floors. We have brand new uh, clap walls that we put barn board looking on it. Uh, all of our things that are on the wall represents the region that they're either farm-related, skiing-related, uh, uh, architectural type of pieces that people can come and see. We have a plane hanging from the ceiling that was donated to us by a business called Top Fun Aviation. And they were given 14 airplanes from a gentleman uh, who was in the Tuskegee Airmen. Wow. And he made these airplanes. And uh, she said, would you like one? I go, yeah, I would. I'd love to represent the region. And she showed up with a U-Haul truck. And I'm going, oh, goodness, how, <laughs> how big is this plane? And she opened the back of it. And I'm going, oh, no, it's huge. We didn't know what to do with it. And then I got the bright idea to hang it from the ceiling. Where else would there be a plane but in the ceiling? Now, I'm looking. It looks like there are parts that would did, did that at one it, point. It ran. It ran. Yes, it has a motor on it. It would fly. It was remote controlled. And it, it's, you know, a great piece. And there it sits high up off the ceiling. And I make sure I tell people that it was a Tuskegee Airman. And a, a lot of people are, who? So yeah. then I yeah. give them a little backstory on it to make sure that they understand what it is. So those, those are just some of the stories that go along with the pieces that are on this wall. Uh, I have snowshoes on the wall. The snowshoes were actually used to trim the trees, apple trees, in the wintertime, because that's when you trim the trees. You don't just uh, do it year-round. You can only do it within three weeks of a hard frost. They have to be hard frost to do mm -hmm. it. So they couldn't get into the orchards in the wintertime, so they used snowshoes to go trim the trees. So those things are over 100 years old that were actually used, and you know they're on our wall to show people. And other tools that you have used, I know right next to us in the middle, there's like this apple press, and then further back there's another apple item which you, you can tell us in a minute but you actually get to use it to have some products on it yeah um, what's that item uh, that came to us I got a call one day asking if we would like this machine that it was apple related and I said sure bring it down uh, it was found in a basement on a pallet sitting like in a basement of a barn and it, I did the information on it and I found one little placard on it and we cleaned it up enough to read it and I went to that town's historical society and got all the information about the owner, how it was made, why it was made, what's its information that goes with it. So this dates back to 1920. So right now that machine is 102 years old. It was used in the orchards every day uh, to sort apples. So they would they had wheels on it. They'd roll it out to each tree, sort the apples, divide them by their sizes, and drop it in. Now, when people come in, sometimes, and I know we're hearing this in the background, now people talk about the items and they're really conversation pieces, but you and, and your colleague Sabre, who's here every day, you really have to be knowledgeable about these items. I mean, you don't have to just worry about the products and, and the places, but you actually almost have to be a little bit of a historian to work here, it seems. You do. Um, I've been here a long time. Eventually, I will retire. I will. And I didn't want the stories to be lost. Mm -hmm. So on the walls, on the east, west, on the case, 
uh, on some of these artifacts are the instructions of what they are. I didn't want them to get lost. I didn't want when I'm not here that the story doesn't get told. So for me, it was important to make sure they were written down and somebody can explain what's on the walls so they could stand. Anybody can stand, read what's on the walls, and it'll tell you what are the pieces on that wall? Mm -hmm. What do they represent? Where did they come from? What's their dates? All those kind of things. It's important that the story doesn't get lost. When we talk about the story, it's interesting because I know we're in Johnny Appleseed country, and that's obviously the biggest part of the story here at the Visitor Center. But you highlight some other things as well. Uh, Pink flamingos have a storied history in the region. And Wachusa Mountain Ski Area. And I understand both those are also represented here. They are. Uh, the Pink Flamingo, I knew Don Featherstone. He was a great guy. He was funny. He was witty. Uh, great, great guy. And for listeners who aren't familiar with Don Featherstone, who is he? He invented the pink flamingo. The lawn Don't. flamingo. Yes. Not the, the animal. No, no. not the... Not the not <laughs> all the, those pink flamingos on your lawn yes. were Don. Don did the first one. He worked at Union Products, which was a plastic factory, and they were known for their yard art. Yeah. So the mushroom, the swan, the ducks, you know, all those bits and pieces that they made, they wanted a new one. And so he drew one to make the mold out of a National Geographic's book, Books, yes, we did look at books back in the day. <laughs> yes, so he drew it from there because there was no internet. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he drew it. They made the first mold, and it's an amazing product. It's kitschy yard art that they love. They come in multiple colors now. They come in the original pink. They come in white, which is a snow mingo. They come in a Caribbean mingo, which is a blue one. There's a purple one. And one that sells the most these days is the zombie mingo. Yes. Really? Yes. Think how many people love Halloween. How many people watch the the zombie shows. And they all think it's funny to have a set of black flamingos with fangs. <laughs> I think it's so, funny too. So we sell a lot of them. And we sell a lot of keychains and, you know, things like that that are pink flamingo as well. Because pink flamingos are very, very uh, collectible, I guess. <laughs> and, and I understand even the outside, you can see some homage to Don Featherstone. When we were uh, putting a new weather vane on the top of the building, that was one of the things that we did in our revamp. We have a four foot high uh, copper flamingo on on the top of the building. That's fantastic. Yeah, he's up there. Uh, I'm watching him starting to patina a little bit. He's not as shiny as he was when we first put him up there. (laughs) But we have a pink flamingo, which represents the region. It's another piece of that puzzle that, you know, Johnny Appleseed, the pink flamingo, there's bits and pieces that represent here. We're in the process of trying to get a chair from uh, Gardner for Chair City. So they are going to, they say they're going to make me a new chair. So we'll see if we have a chair on the property for representing Gardner, that it's part of the region, it's part of the information here. We are going to step aside for a quick break, but we'll be right back right here on the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast coming to you from the Johnny Appleseed Visitors Center in Lancaster. The business world is more competitive than ever, and running a business has never been more challenging. The North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce is here to help with trusted resources, a strong business network, and a support system to keep your business and North Central Massachusetts moving forward. We invite you to join the nationally recognized North Central Massachusetts Chamber today. Call 978-353-7600 or visit northcentralmass.com. 
Welcome back to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Travis Condon, Cat Deal. We're chatting with Diane Burnett, the manager of the Johnny Appleseed Visitor Center on Route 2 westbound, right between exits 103 and 102 here in Lancaster. You know, Diane, you're talking about the improvement of the new weather vane um, and how that is a part of the history of the region. And can you tell our listeners, for especially for those who may have been here and not noticed, and for those who have never been here and they should come out and check it out, about the trees right across from the visitor center? The trees out front are heritage Rambo trees. They were taken from the last remaining Johnny Appleseed tree in Ohio. Uh, they came came as saplings, and over the years they've grown, they've gotten bigger, uh, but we have three Rambo trees that are outside. They are the original trees that he did back in the day. They weren't hybrid trees like you get your beautiful sweet apples mm-hmm. these days. They were tart. They were bitter. They used them for making mash to drink and for vinegar to store their food. So they were a different type of apple, and they served a different purpose. So they're really a utility apple. Yes, that's what they were back in the day. It's not like the hybrids of yeah. today that they are. So we have three trees. They finally started uh, producing fruit. So they're, they're our pride and joy out front. We have signs on them, please don't climb them, please don't eat them, <laughs> you know, all the, all the pieces that go with it because they are such a special tree that we want to make sure that they stay here forever. Mm-hmm. I know we talked about the improvements inside, but even outside, I understand you've also made some other improvements. We have brand new landscaping around the whole building. We took out all the old shrubs. We've put new flowers in, new bushes, uh, more um visible pieces. We have brand new sign on the building that says Johnny Appleseed. Um, Our apple has been refurbished and it's nice and bright and shiny. Uh, We have new sign that's five foot by six foot for Massachusetts highway signs. We have awnings over the front entrance of the door to keep you out of the rain when you're coming in. We have the dog park out back that everybody loves. We have cute little silhouettes that show people here it is, it's back here. Uh, So there's lots of pieces. We have picnic table covers. So if you stop and you want to take a quick lunch, you can sit outside and not be in the hot sun and you're under a couple of the awnings. So these are all pieces that have built this into a destination. It's You need to come and spend a few minutes and squish your penny. We have four different Johnny Appleseed pennies that you can squish from our penny machine and to, you know, take a piece of history back home with you. Now you mentioned the Tuskegee airman plane can you tell us any kind of really out there stories about how you've acquired a piece or two that's that's here have you had anybody kind of just call up or or show up with something and say this needs to be in the visitor center yeah uh that's what a lot of my pieces are uh people have found them in closets you know this is my mother's house we're cleaning it out and we found this picture or uh the the apple press that's behind you I got a call from one of our current members. He goes, this has been in my storeroom for 20 years. He says, do you want it? It's like, sure, I'd love it. (laughs) So, you know, they show up and wheel it in. Um, The one that's standing beside you, a gentleman came in. He was cleaning out his father's old barn and found it in it. And he goes, I remember making cider in this when I was a kid. He said, so this is at least three generations old of this apple press. And he said, I just didn't want it to go to the trash. So we brought it in, we gave it a bath or two, got the dust and cobwebs off of it, and it sits here for people to see. So these are just pieces of what there is. The bike on the wall is one of our prized pieces. That is from um, 
Fitchburg Historical Society? Ivor Johnson. Oh. Ivor Johnson, you're, ver- you're right. Ivor Johnson was known for guns and bicycles. So this bicycle represents days gone by. That yeah. bike weighs about 50 pounds. It oh, took three wow. guys to lift it to get it up on the wall up to its anchors. So it's up there. But when it comes to Ivor Johnson, they're also known in history as assassination guns. Yeah. Uh, Kennedy was killed with one. Lincoln was killed with an Ivor Johnson gun. So this has history. And it comes from here. It comes from Fitchburg, where they were made. So, you know, there's just all those little nuances that people don't know about that you can put the pieces together to build the the roadmap of what it is and where it came from. And although it's the winter right now and there's no apples on the trees, there is a very large apple outside. Yeah, can we you? can't not talk about the large apple in the room. The, <laughs> the apple outside is made of fiberglass. It's huge. Uh, we actually calculated how many apples can fit inside that apple. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I don't even know this number, but Travis, you take a guess. I'm going to guess 3,000. I'm going to guess 15,000. 20,369. Wow! Could That's, fit in that giant fake apple out front. fit inside that apple. We That's had somebody amazing. do the math and figured it out. They, they loved the project and they figured out how many apples can fit inside that apple. So it's one of those things. I've got pictures of kids hugging it, groups in front of it. Uh, I have a picture of an alpaca beside it. I have a picture of a horse beside it. You know, it's just a family. They've got to stop and get a picture of the apple. So it is the largest apple in New England. Uh, there isn't another one its size anywhere in New England. So people come looking for the big apple. Now that's been here for a few years now. Have you been surprised at the popularity of this apple as kind of a roadside attraction? Yes. We, we have signs up on the highway that remind you that it's coming up. So people come looking for it. They want to see the biggest apple, but they all want their picture taken in front of it. It's one of those fun things. We thought it was unique because of it being apple territory and all of our history within the apple itself. So we, we thought it would be a fun thing to have here. I worked on that project, too. That was a good one. Diane, you've worked on all the projects here, as far as I can tell. Yeah, a lot of them. A lot of them. A lot of them. When did the visitor center open? It opened in June of 1997. That's when the murals on the walls got written. Um, the murals are in, they were just three seasons, and I couldn't figure out why there was only three. There was spring, summer, fall. And I tracked down the woman who did the original. She's now 20 years older than she was when she started. And um, she came in and did our winter one. And she could only reach so high on the wall. So I finished from the bend of the wall up. I got up on the ladder and she'd go, go left, go right, go up, more, more snow, more this. So I was up there on the ladder finishing the piece of art. And I will remember that I worked on that piece of art. And now I have my four seasons. And I explained to people, look around and see the seasons of the apple tree here in the visitor center. The original one is behind me. That was the first one. And down below, low, you can see butterflies and worms and birds that local people from around town were able to come and paint on the wall to add to the murals. So they're down low and you can't see them necessarily. But people came and did butterflies and things like that to the to the to the original piece that was done. So between contributing to that um, or bringing products in or bringing items in, family artifacts, 
there's a lot of community involvement into showcasing the region at this visitor center. Yeah, the, the region takes pride of this visitor center. Like I said, there's not another one like it. It's unique. It's special. Um, we want it to be open, clean, a nice place to come. We have composting toilets, so we're green. Uh, people kind of get weirded out by no water in the toilets, but they work just fine. Um, there was no water out here when we built the building. So there was no uh, sewage that could come in and out. So we had to come up with a system that would allow for them to work. So there's a system in the basement called Clevis, and it's wa- no water. It just is tanks. And they clean the tanks pretty regular, and it went green. We save over 250,000 gallons of water a year wow. by having those systems. And this is just one building. So yeah. it, it's one of those things that if you don't have the water that you could, you know, normally supply, it makes a difference. When it you, does. When you mention that number, it's a pretty big number, but I imagine there's a lot of folks that come through here. But how many people come through the visitor center annually? Uh, we average in the vicinity of 165,000 every year that come through. It goes up, it goes down a little here or there, but that's the average of what comes through the visitor center. So it, it's one of those places that, you know, it's just the stop along the way. We're the halfway mark. It's one of those weird things that people don't know about, but we're halfway from the, ca- the Cape to uh, Vermont. We're halfway from the middle of the state where, you know, you're coming from Boston and you're going to Greenfield or North Adams or whatever. I've seen children swapped, bicycles swapped, uh, horses swapped. Uh, you know, people come halfway. So grandma drives half, they drive half, and the kids go home with grandma. Or somebody bought a horse. I was shocked on that one. They were walking the horse around the property, stretching its legs to put it in a new cargo container. So it, it's one of those things that we are the halfway point. And it, it makes it good for people to, who's traveling that they know it's a safe, well-lit area that they can come and swap. <laughs> so in the next round of renovations, you're going to have to build a stable. Yes. yes, it was quite quite unique to see the horse walking around the property. It was. I bet. I bet you've had some very unique visitors here. We have. We have. Lots of different and unique for sure. Because I know that the facility as a, a visitor center is set up for buses. So yes. buses, you must see buses on a daily basis almost. Uh Come fall time, they turn into leaf peepers and apple pickers, and they come from a lot of the uh, North Shore, South Shore area. So when they drop a bus in here, I've got 50 people in here, and they're in and out usually in 20 to 25 minutes. So they're grabbing a coffee, they're using the facilities, they're getting apple chips because they love the apple chips here. Uh, We sell lots of bags of those, and it's one of those things that they're in and out on their on their excursion for their day. And so that takes a lot of staff to have to manage. So how many people work at the visitor center? Uh, currently, we are at one, two, three, six. Six people. Wow. Six. So we do a lot of a lot of juggling. Uh, I work here five days a week. So that covers a good portion of the days. And my other people are part-timers. So it, it's one of those fun places, though, that we like working here. I, I've been here. I thought I was coming for a couple of years. <laughs> and I'm now at 15. So I thought it was just a couple of years. Now for you, what's it been like to kind of oversee the growth? I was once told that I run this like it's my own. So I guess that's why it's the way it is. It's not my own, but I do run it that way. Um, I take pride in it. The people who work here, I expect them to take the same pride in the building. Uh, if there's a piece of paper on the floor, it needs to be picked up. If the sink needs to be wiped, it needs to be done. 
Uh, if there's trash outside, don't walk past it. That's what makes the visitor center what it is. It, it has that pride factor to it. The counters are washed. The handles are cleaned. It, it's one of those things that we make sure it stays clean and pristine. It's a big pride of point for the North Central region. And we, Diane, we just can't thank you enough for having us out today and letting us come in. Um, you want to tell everybody one time, like, how, how do you get here? And uh, is there a website that they can check out? Okay. Uh, to get here is very easy. Uh, you can pass us on the eastbound side and you can hit exit 103 and take four right. Right, right, right. <laughs> Brings you back around to us. So we're very close to it. Uh, we're on the westbound side between exits 103 and 102 in Lancaster. So we're right, be- right before uh, a shopping plaza. So we're, you know, we're on the way, which is a good thing for people who are out and about. Uh, it's one of those things. We have Facebook pages. We have web pages. Visit North Central Mass. It's easy to find us. And you can see what's going on. We talk about our members on our Facebook page. What are they doing? What's coming up? What events are out there? Uh, where should you go? What should you do? That's what's on those pages. So we want people to know all the different things there are to do in this region. And they can also get that information usually with the guides that you stock here at the Visitor Center too, correct? We do. We're currently working on our spring-summer edition. Now, I know it's chilly out there. I do. I understand <laughs> it's chilly. Uh, but we're working on our spring-summer edition uh, people love the guide because we do a calendar. Our calendar is up to date, tells people where to go, what to do. Uh, you can find a concert on the common any night of the week. You bring your chair, your, your blanket, you can find music anywhere. Uh, where is there uh, outdoor music, you know, on a stage? There's so much going on in our region that that book tells people where is the fun. And, and we, you can pick that book up right here at the Visitor Center, yes. right off Route 2 West. What are your hours, Diane? We are open from 8.45 to 5 every day of the year, but 4. So we're open, you know, every day uh, to stop in, come and say hi, come use the facilities. Um, you, if we're not open, we have vending machines outside that you can still grab your soda and, you know, keep on going. But it, it's one of those places, if you haven't been, stop by. Diane Burnett chatting with us today on the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast out at the Johnny Appleseed Visitor Center, a Route 2 westbound in Lancaster, right between exits 103 and 102. Thank you so much for being a part of the program today. You're very welcome. My pleasure. You've been listening to Inside North Central Massachusetts. This podcast is produced by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce. For more information on this episode, links to other episodes, or if you have any questions, please visit northcentralmass.com.